0: Whenever we try and tackle thorny issues, issues of race and race and racism in this country, we tend to talk at each other. Case in point, that question in the debate about systemic racism in the province of Quebec wasn't really much of a dialogue after that. It was all about talking at each other and accusing the moderator of asking a loaded question and and then others accusing those that accused the moderator of And it just went round and round and round. My next guest is a poet, an author, a teacher. Ian Williams was born in Trinidad, he grew up in Brampton. In 2019 his debut novel Reproduction won the Giller Prize and the Toronto Star called that novel, which centers on a Brampton cross-cultural family, witty, playful, and disarmingly offbeat. Williams is back with a collection of essays that explore race, and racism in a new book, Disorientation, Being Black in the World. Ian Williams joins me. Welcome, Ian.
1: Thank you, Alan. Uh,
0: Who did you have, and by the way, thank you so much. I have enjoyed uh, reading your book. Uh, Did you have a particular reader in mind when you were writing these essays?
1: Well, you know, it was good to hear your introduction here, because I think you nailed it, right? There's so much, uh, there's such repercussion and consequence for even talking about race, for even just bringing up the subject, Um, to call someone white or to address systemic racism in Quebec, um, that person faces, you know, a fallout just for raising the subject. And so the person I wanted to address is, uh, you know, the moderate person, the one interested in civil discourse who sees this and feels terror at getting involved in these kinds of conversations, right, who doesn't want to be canceled. Um, So for that person, I'm saying, hey, I'm here with you. We can still be civil, and we can still talk about our experiences. Um, I'm not going to cancel you, uh, and I hope that we can have a kind of compassionate, uh, mutual dialogue.
0: That is so refreshing because, it, as someone who you know speaks off the top of his head uh, mm-hmm. for a living, it terrifies me often when we wade into these thorny issues. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So easily, something something pretty innocuous, or something that you mean slightly, lightly. You know, um, we're living in a pretty humorless age right now, um, and so this sense of being cancelled is real if you're in the media. You know this firsthand here, Alan. At any moment, there's like this sword hanging over your head, and we can't have that kind of attitude or spirit if we want to address these things and deal with them.
0: One of your essays um, in this book is uh, Ten Bullets on Whiteness. Is Mm -hmm. there a difference between whiteness and white people?
1: Right. So that's one of the questions I pose here. Um, And I think it's important for Blackness and Black people, too. I think it's important to mark a distinction between what people are and what they believe and how they treat the world and perceive it and the system that we all participate in. And I call it whiteness is that system that, you know, grants privilege to some and disadvantages others. But that does not necessarily mean that a white person is actively a racist participant in that. You can be a white person within the system of whiteness who is trying to break it down and make it equitable, create an equitable society for us all.
0: You you also write about, um, and this just really jumped out at me, you write about eye contact in a way that Mm. (laughs) I have just never even considered it before. Oh, Um, good to hear. (laughs) and, and, And this probably speaks to my... I don't know if this is the correct usage of your term, but it perhaps speaks to my whiteness.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it's pretty interesting, right? It's a mark of confidence and a mark of intimacy to hold eye contact um, in, in this culture. But, you know, moving here as a kid and being taught that the way you pay deference to someone is to allow them freedom to look at you and to not hold steady aggressive eye contact. And that's true for many cultures around the world. Um, little things like that have a kind of racial dynamic that, um, you know, can be more aggressive or can be miscommunicated, right? Someone is a white person looks at me intently and I feel that it's aggressive, but that's not what they intend. Or I look away and someone vicious or I'm lying, but that's not what I intend either. But you see, if we never raise these things, Alan, then we can never sort of understand the different cultures that we're, that are informing our behavior.
0: Right, because you could perceive, if you and I were walking towards each other on the street, you mm. could perceive mm. me looking away as mm. some sort of racial intent.
1: Right, 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 uh, being dismissive or what have you. Um, or if I'm in a store and um, I avoid eye contact with the store owner and being in my black body here, they may perceive that as, oh, mm, this guy's a bit dodgy, right? You know, but in fact, it's a sign of respect. I've entered your store. um, uh, Be free there, right? I'm not going to sort of impede or force my presence Mm -hmm. on you. Yeah, such a simple thing, Alan. You see, such a simple thing that we do on a daily basis, um, but it has this kind of racial coding behind it.
0: And did you perceive a difference in eye contact after the killing of George Floyd?
1: Mm, Yeah, well, you know, This is it, right? I think uh, a lot of white people finally saw the black people who were always present in their lives. And they saw them uh, more compassionately and they understood a kind of unspoken um, persistent trial that we've been experiencing. And so the looks that I got for a while, um, I mean, it's cool now, I think COVID has changed (laughs) how we sort of organized socially. Um, But there was a little bit more kindness in, in that moment. Yeah, a more extension, uh, a, an extension of whiteness towards understanding others.
0: Do, do you sense that that is fleeting and temporary?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's hard to know, right? Because I can't read what COVID is doing in, in all of this dynamic. We're all kind of adjusting to a new a new reality, so I can't I can't be sure. I can't be sure. Um, yeah, my social contact just hasn't been you know, strong enough lately to, to be sure. <laughs>
0: it's, <laughs> right. it's tough to know over Zoom. Exactly. <laughs> it's on pause right now. <laughs> yeah. All of us on Zoom are only making eye contact with ourselves, which is right. weird.
1: <laughs> right, We try to look at the camera, but it's so weird to look at that green dot. Right, When there's a face, you'll emerge from this looking at people's foreheads, Right, looking for a green dot to illuminate. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: One of the other things that really, man, this jumped out at me um, when you write about coming uh, to Canada uh, and perceiving a Canadian identity, and I'm sort of quoting from your book that Mm. a a Canadian identity that seems to protest that it is too innocent and too modest for racial awareness, let alone discrimination. does, Does that persist? Is that part of the Canadian identity?
1: Right. Well, I mean, if we claim innocence, then we don't have to deal with something, right? You know, little kids do it, and You know, we're not, kids are not as innocent as they pretend to be. And I think Canadians, we have this kind of um, fallback persona that we go to, to avoid dealing with the issue. And so the book talks a lot about sort of that middle class, moderate, low grade racism that's not shooting people in the streets or kneeling on the neck uh, of, of, you know, black folks, but it's still present. And if we keep saying we don't see it or we don't understand it, then we can never really, really talk about it, right?
0: Ian, so great to have you on. Uh, congratulations oh, you. on the new book. Much, Alan. That is uh, Ian Williams on just a, a fascinating book, his new book, Disorientation, Being Black in the World. Well, it's a lot to get through today. The big story of the day, of course, is the introduction of the vaccine certificate, passport, piece of paper, whatever you want to call it. The Fact of the matter is, if you're heading to the gym this afternoon, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to show your papers. And if you're heading out to the bar tonight, of course, you will have to do the same thing. Now, Doug Ford today said, you know, be patient. Everybody just be patient with each other. Can we just all calm down? Just a moment. I mean, whether it's, whether it's race, whether it's COVID, we all are such hair trigger. We all feel that we had, there's some kind of currency in outrage. Yeah? Well, you want to know what I've done with my life? Well, I'm furious. That's what I've done with my life and my day. That's what I'm doing today. I'm angry. We feel that there's this currency in the anger. And the thing to do today as we embark on this new, new thing with the papers is just could we all just chill out a little bit? My name is Alan Carter. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. This is Global News Radio.